0: Sometimes you're the windshield, sometimes you're the bug, and sometimes you're just listening to backtracks. Aerosmith Revisited. My name is Corey Morrison, joined as always by St. John Mariano. How are you tonight, John? Hi, Corey. Oh, you sound down, my friend. What's wrong?
1: I am down. I, uh, I had a rough week, my friend. Uh, as you know, we 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 bombed out like we had a great episode last week. Uh, yes, Scott one of our best, absolutely. Scott hit it hit it out of the park for us, and we, we 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 talked about the movie. And look, I had as good of a time as I've had recording the show since we started. And then I realized at the end of the episode, and I wasn't the only one. Ken Knapsack realized, we dropped the ball. Oh no. And Mr. Knapsack was not so happy with me. Um, I had a rough time in the West. He um, he would tie his lasso around my ankles and drag me around the towns, shaming me um, for for miss, m- missing out on his sponsorship. Well, now that I've
0: joined this uh, Red Dead Redemption uh, experience, he uh, can do that to me now too online, because you did that to me quite a bit the other night, John. You tie me up and set me on fire or drown me in a river and all sorts of fun things.
1: Corey, we don't can't shame here. You know, you, you, know, you know that really gets me is tying you up and setting you on fire.
0: <laughs> you know what really gets me? And that's talking about pop rock and radio. I'm not going to forget this week. Ken Knapsocks Pop Rock and Radio. The big hits album cuts and b sides from rock and roll. I'm going to do that again. Ken Knapsocks pop rock and radio. The big hits album cuts and b sides from the rock and pop world that make up the soundtracks of our lives. Look for live shows and make requests, sing, dance, and celebrate the music with the pop rock and radio community, which I still think
1: features us. Have we been banished yet for the pop rock and radio community? I, I, I haven't. So, so surprisingly you haven't either, even though you don't show up nearly as often as I do. Um, Ken, can also got a little tick to me. I, I was, um, you, you know, popping into pop rock and radio the other night and I put in a request and um Ken plays a lot of college rock. He plays a lot of, of like women in rock, you you know, you know, he he does maybe some progressive rock, not so much progressive rock, but he does maybe some punk rock. Um, So I, in my infinite wisdom requested um, love song by Tesla. Mm -hmm. And Ken didn't know where to squeeze it into his set. Uh, So he, he, he ended the show on it, you know, and he said outside, Outside of the shitty '80s guitar and '80s drums, I love the song. <laughs> um, that's a great but, song, Ken. Come on, that's fantastic. Uh, you, you, you know, you know, I'm a fan, and I was I was sitting by my fireplace, and uh, I have like one of these electric fireplaces. I'm really, really, chic like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have my electric like TV looking fireplace in my living room. I had my my recliner up. I'm listening to Ken. And I just showed out and listened to some Tesla the other night.
0: Tesla is amazing. I saw them open for Def Leppard a few years ago, and they're still a fantastic band. And love song kicks ass. I might rebel against Ken. Maybe I don't want to do his drop anymore in our show. You, you,
1: you, you, keep, you keep this up, man, and he's going to start dragging you through the towns. You don't, want, you don't want that from Ken.
0: Ken is the ultimate cowboy. He's the alpha. Is, is that
1: what I'm learning? Well, I, wa- I was, but I was, I was not so much the other night. No. I, Nah, I, I, had to, I had to keep my guns in my holster and just take it like a man.
0: But you know, it was the alpha last week, Scott Haskin. Wow. Uh, <sighs> came in with some great choices on the die and we rolled the movie and I'm really, really glad we rolled that with him on the show because he could give us a different perspective on an instrumental as a musician than you or I could like, we could sit there and pause and say, yeah, that sounded cool. Yeah. That sounded cool. And little bullshit tidbits here and there, like we do, but Scott really gave some great insight as a musician onto the creation of that song
1: yeah and, and 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 you kissed his ass like you wouldn't believe and yep. rightfully so rightfully so man like normally i would give you shit for kissing somebody's ass but like S- scott kind of came here and scott was the alpha male last week <laughs> oh he <laughs> owned your
0: ass that's for sure
1: oh very, very, very clearly i have i have no shame in that at all like scott could come here and own my ass anytime he wants <laughs> and i'm not ashamed for kissing
0: his ass i'm a big fan of his show uh, like a I've told him numerous times I wasn't really that big in Uriah Heap until I started listening to the Magicians podcast. I'm like, these guys are really great. And uh, if Uriah Heap for some reason ever came around uh, Canada way, I would certainly uh, plunk down hundred bucks to go see him live. That's like hundred bucks American. Like he pointed out to 700 Canadian. So that's a pretty
1: big financial investment, but I would pay it. I was hoping you meant hundred Canadian because I was like, I'm on my way to go to the Uriah Heap show. Uh,
0: that's like 10 bucks American, right? It's like, Yeah, completely dude. Yeah but we're not going to talk about you right here. We're going to talk about Aerosmith and we're back John to our normal die. And also big news being show 19. We're going to have to either ditch the song we're rolling tonight or replace a song that's currently on the mixtape. Should we go through the current
1: run order of the mixtape? I think, I think we need to, we have, we have, how how many now? 18 that we have. Yep. So, so I I guess, I guess you you should kind of go nine by nine because side A side B. Okay. Well, and we didn't really sequence these, but the first nine.
0: Yeah. First nine tracks, Lord of the Thighs, Shut Up and Dance, Let the Music Do the Talking, No More, No More, Falling in Love, is Hard on the Knees, Oh Yeah, The Other Side, Jailbait, and Rats of the Cellar. And I don't know about you, John, but there's one track on there that sticks out to me like a sore thumb that needs to go.
1: Look, I don't, I don't want to give away our hand, but um, I think we've said on other shows that if we were Pat McAfee, we know who we're punting off the bat.
0: That's right. Uh, But the second nine, the the B-side, we have right now, uh, Permanent Vacation, Janie's Got a Gun, Walk on Water, Seasons of Wither, Chip Away the Stone, Just Push Play, Shame on You, Cheesecake, and The Movie. So that's the current uh, running order of the mixtape. We are going to play song 19 here tonight and uh, replace uh, one of these songs uh, with whatever we roll. Currently on the die as we speak is uh, Sweet Emotion, specifically from the album A Little South of Sanity. Uh, Helter Skelter, You Gotta Move from Hawking on Bobo, The Reason a Dog, Walking the Dog, and Sick as a Dog. John, is there anything on there that you're specifically hoping for?
1: Yeah, I'm hoping for any of these dog songs, but have a dog pun I'm dying to say. So if you roll the dog song, I will hit you with the dog pun before we even get started.
0: Okay, well, just for that, I am also hoping for a dog song, A, to get one of these dog songs off the die, and B, to hear your masterful dog pun. So what do you say, John? Let's shake the dice and give it a roll. And we're coming up with You Gotta Move from Honkin' On Bobo, The Dog Songs Remain on the Die. But this is a an album, John, you had mentioned before, you never really gave a listen to, did you?
1: Oh, no, not, not at all. I don't do my homework. Um, <laughs> I mean, we, we, we won't be replacing a song that is a dog with a dog song, but y- You, you got a Move that's on the dog album will probably replace a song that is a dog tonight. Are you calling Honkin' on Bobo a dog album? I mean, it's not one of my favorites. You haven't even really heard it. How would you know? I mean, I, 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 I haven't really eaten, picked bland food here, but I know it's bland. <laughs>
0: That's because you're a corniceur. You're from New York State. All we have here in Canada is bland food. The pierogi is a staple of our diet here in Saskatchewan. I, I just want to know why
1: you call ham bacon up there.
0: We don't, we, we call it ham. I never understood this Canadian bacon thing because we, I've never called that bacon. I think that's an Eastern Canada thing. To us, bacon is normal strips of bacon and ham is ham. You're, you need to talk to, I should get my wife on here. She's from Ontario. She can maybe answer that question for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's always perturbed me. Like the Canadian bacon is ham. It's ham, it's ham, ham thrown on it. the grill. No, I I agree. Totally. I'm going to talk it over
0: with my wife after we're done recording and get her explanation. And we do have a couple of Canadian uh, listeners too. maybe uh, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what's the deal with Canadian bacon. It's just ham Uh, in Western Canada. We call it ham. Speaking of ham, you got to move a cover of Mississippi, Fred McDowell's uh, track. You got to move.
1: Are you a big fan of uh, Mississippi, Fred McDowell there, John? Uh, I'm a fan of the name. Um, Yeah, I'm going into this completely blind and deaf, Corey. Like, I have no idea what we're about to listen to.
0: I tell you, this is a a great track. Um, It's a traditional African-American spiritual song uh, released in 1965 originally. Uh, The Rolling Stones uh, also uh, covered this song uh, way back when. And it was one of the uh, feature songs on uh, Honkin' On Bobo, which was the all-blues cover album that Aerosmith did in 2004, recorded at the Boneyard. Uh, Joe Perry's uh, studio in Boston, Massachusetts, uh, produced by Stephen Tyler, Joe Perry, Jack Douglas, and Marty Fredrickson. So they kind of got the band back together on this one. Uh, there's also a, a live version. Uh, a did a live special on Aerosmith uh, during the Honkin' on Bobo tour. They had live cuts with interviews and backstage stuff. And and you got to move was was one of the featured songs on that one.
1: I'm excited to hear it. I always love hearing songs I haven't heard before. Um, we 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 know. De facto, it's making the mixtape, because we know we, we, we've, we've, spoiler we've pre-di- pre-discussed the first one coming off. The rest of them will be some kind of conversation, but tonight, one's got to go, and I can't wait to get it off. So I can't wait to hear the song and get through the song to kind of cleanse the palate a little bit.
0: I cannot agree with you more, my friend. This is You Gotta Move from Honkin' On Bobo. So that's kind of the whole vibe of honking on Bobo, right? It's these five guys in a way. I, I always kind of thought they're kind of rediscover what they liked playing music with each other. Like they did this, you know, live in a room together. And obviously uh, Steven Tyler would be in the room with them with the harmonica playing the track, all five guys in the same room. And then he'd go off in the vocal booth while they were still playing and, and, and do the vocals. So it was very much a, a live record uh, in, in that respect. But so these are just kind of old blue songs that these guys love and kind of grew up on and and did covers for the record. And this song, I think pretty much sums up the vibe of honking on uh, Bobo quite a bit. What did you feel uh, at the very beginning of hearing this track?
1: I think it's a lot of fun. You know, I love the harmonica heavy intro. Um, It does feel very Aerosmith, even though it's not an Aerosmith song. It's very weird not to be breaking down the lyrics with you for once. (laughs) Because, Corey, Corey, is this our first cover?
0: Uh, let's, uh, I believe it is. We've had covers uh, on the dive before. We talked about let the music do the talk and it's technically a cover of a Joe Perry project song.
1: Right. But that, I mean, it, it's still a member of the band. Yeah. Right. Like it, this is our first true cover. Yes. This is our first true cover. And it's very strange to not be talking about it as if it were an Aerosmith original or created by an original Aerosmith member. Um, so, um, M- musically it's a very Aerosmith sound um, but the, the harmonica heavy intro I think I think it's a lot of
0: fun it really is a lot of fun I, mean, I love Stephen Todd when he breaks up that harmonica man like uh, he can really wail on that thing and and like you said lyrically so far all we've got is you gotta move you gotta move you gotta move child you gotta move so yeah but it, it's, it's the kind of song you could see like uh, Jimmy Page uh, right in Zeppelin maybe covering right just that old blue standard Rolling Stones makes a ton of sense that that they cover this song uh, that that this is right in Aerosmith's wheelhouse that's why if if we're doing an, uh, a a mixtape of songs that make up what we think Aerosmith is you almost got to consider a song like You Gotta Move as being on there for quite a while because this encompasses everything that the band holds dear and what got them playing music in the first place
1: yeah um it's a uh... I don't want to talk too much because I know we have a lot more song ahead of us, but um, the movie last week had many layers to it. It's very interesting that here we are, we're hunking on Bowo, and production-wise, it feels like there's a lot of layers, but you can hear them all. It's very crisp. Mm -hmm. Very much so. It, it, it's weird because I, I know this track. What would you say? Dates back to the '60s. Yeah, or I think so? was,
0: yeah. Originally written, I think, in the '40s. Yeah. And, uh, released in the '60s. Yeah. Very, very,
1: very, very, very interesting. Saying that because it brings me back a little bit to like movies like Grease when when they're doing the dance off.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it, it, ha- it has that very '50s like dance off Dick Clark vibe to it, right? But, but, but with a little, little bit more blues and, 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 and grit to it. Um, I would love to be in a blues club, like listening to Aerosmith or listen to uh, even an Aerosmith cover band play this version of the song.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I love these old blues standards and uh, uh, early uh, gospel songs like this just have a tremendous rhythm to it. And uh, this song just makes you want to move, doesn't it?
1: Um, I'm dancing in my chair as we speak, Corey.
0: I'm an old fat white guy and and I want to move and I never want to move. I want to sit, but now I I, want to get up and dance.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm an old fat hairy white guy and I am dancing in my chair.
0: I just, I love the production of this album and of this song. I thought Steven's vocals sound tremendous. The band sounds great. I love how through my headphones here, I was getting Joe Perry on the right side and I was getting everybody else on the left side, kind of dueling back and forth, in that little breakdown before the second uh, verse kicked in.
1: I like how last week we, we, we had a song with no lyrics. And here it's almost like we have a song with inconsequential lyrics. The lyrics kind of exist so we can hear the tone of Tyler's voice against the music. Um, but it's really the the rest of the band jamming um, that makes this song sing. Yeah, and we, we were talking
0: with Scott off camera about how Aerosmith concerts nowadays seem very choreographed, right? They do 15, 16 songs. Set list never varies. They play the song as it is. There's no like extended jams. This, on the Honkin on Bobo Tour, which I never got to see, but this could have been an extended, like, 15-minute jam where they just broke out and just, you know, Joe Perry and Brad Whitford just kind of going back back and forth with the guitars, right, over this beat. This would have been a, a, a tremendous uh, song to see live where they just had fun playing with each other again. I don't know if, they, if they're doing that so much now, or at least when I saw them in 2018, whatever it was, uh, they didn't look like they were having that much fun together. Doing this album, I bet you they were having fun playing together.
1: Yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to tell. You, you know, the band's had so much turmoil over the years. Like there, there, are points in their history where it's like hard to even tell whether or not they even like each other. But they just work together. Um, and then there are other points where, where where it seems like they're true family. I mean, in a lot of ways, they act like a true family in that way, right? Because you have family members where you have your ups and downs, and you don't always talk to them, and some, sometimes uh, you know you tolerate them, and. That's, that's what the song feels a little bit like right now is, is it's really a focus on the music.
0: Yep. And uh, a great Joe Perry quote from around this time is he said uh, that the band really only uh, would record when they, when they were in a good mood. And uh, this sounds like a band playing together when they're in a good mood. Yeah.
1: God, that's fucking cool man like yep my god like to have the patience to to let that just linger that way it just like you have to have so much confidence as an artist you know as as artists as musicians to let that just hang the way it did right there and just a little bit of
0: a tom hamilton flourish there with the bass right do 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 the little accent in there just
1: made that but, so cool. But, but, but the way everybody else let it linger, let that let, let Hamilton sing mm-hmm. in that moment. Two parts sweet. Three parts long and four parts weak. I would rather sit on a pumpkin and have it all to myself. And maybe climb it on
0: a vacant cushion. I don't know if I would recommend sitting on a pumpkin. Uh they look uncomfortable. Your thoughts.
1: Um with STEM or without STEM? I'm assuming with. Oh, then I'm all in. Oh, <laughs> there you have it.
0: God, I love that that guitar tone. Right? It's, I don't know what processing he's putting it through, but it went through, it's this weird kind of distortion, but it almost sounds like, the harmonica tone coming through the
1: guitar. It is so cool. You you, you know what really sucks about the song right now, Corey? <laughs> that we're doing this show because I'm sitting here and I'm tapping my toe and you stop the song and, and like it, it was like right at the point where like I was really getting into it. And like shit, we gotta talk about the song again because God, it's so just good to listen to. You always give me shit for that. And I, I want to sit there and listen to the
0: song too, but it's kind of our job here to, to kind of talk about it a little bit, isn't it? That that's what the good folks uh, uh the two or three that listen to the show, they they want to hear uh John Mariano's enlightening comments on uh, you got to move. Well, well, I mean, excuse me, but aren't the way jobs
1: work is that you got a paycheck? Well, it's well, we got a sponsor, right? when's the money coming? Uh look, you, you got you gotta to talk to the big boss. We pissed him off last week. It's not I coming ain't for a talking while. Now. To the big
0: boss, no, I I don't that's your job. You deal with Ken. Uh, i don't want to get a tongue lashing like you got last
1: week Do you think that the, I don't know, do you think that the simplicity of lyrics in the song, like, it almost feels like at points Tyler's overdoing it a little bit, vers- like it's almost like he's trying to compete with the, with, with the music. In a way, maybe. Um,
0: that's how old gospel songs, and I'm not an expert. I mean, you stretch the imagination, but, you know, he, he, he's singing with feeling, you know, it's like you said, it's not so much about the lyrics, right? It's more about the tone and it's about incorporating with the music. And is, is he
1: going a little too far? Is that kind of what you're alluding to? I can maybe see. I don't, I don't know if he's going a little too far or if I want to hear his volume pulled back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I don't mind how, how hard he's going, but it almost feels like I'd want his levels dropped a little bit and, and put the music a little bit more at the forefront. But him still going as hard as he's going, just not letting the levels reach the same point they're at.
0: Is this a little bit of a lead singer syndrome where he wants his vocals above the mix maybe a little hotter than it should be?
1: I I, I don't know. because I feel, I feel like on other songs, it doesn't bother me as much, but I, may, 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 maybe... You know, cut coming off of the movie last week, but even this song and the way the band is jamming together, I, like I can just listen to this as a jam right now.
0: Yeah, the band is cooking. Uh, they're yeah. by far the best part. Yeah,
1: and I don't mean to. I don't mean to knock Steven Tyler. Like he's doing everything he's supposed to be doing on the song, mm-hmm. but there's something with just the way the band is working together that feels like an awesome cylinders kind of thing right now.
0: And you know what? How many songs have we done where Steven Tyler maybe kind of outshone the band a little bit in his performance? Here's a situation maybe where the band is really cooking and I'm not focusing so much on Steven Tyler even though I thought the timbre of his voice like he's singing fantastic on this song but I'm focusing more on the band. So
1: and, and, and and that's what I mean, right? Like, you know, when I say drop his levels a little bit, it's, it's it's really because I feel like that's my point of, like like I have a point of interest on this song and it's not like Steven Tyler's there and he's a layer with the music. Mm-hmm. But to me, he's not my point of focus right now.
0: That's right. And it's not Steven Tyler lyrics that we're focusing on. We're just kind of focusing on on how we sing, which is great. But yeah, all, all my attention is on uh, Joe Perry and the boys here. right you gotta move from 2004's honking on bobo the album peaked at number five on the u.s billboard 200 only going gold in the united states i think this is a hidden gem in the aerosmith catalog i'm a fan of honking on bobo and i love you gotta move
1: yeah this is um it's weird because i you know i've never heard the the track before and it it was it was a damn good track like i i kind of i kind of alluded to how how much I enjoyed the um the instrumental in this and uh, yeah I, I would love to hear an all instrumental version of the song and also um like I enjoy I enjoyed Tyler singing on this but maybe not nearly as much mm-hmm. as the rest of it
0: yeah no he sounded great but the band was cooking uh, this is a, a pretty forgotten uh, album in the Aerosmith catalog, but one I think is worthy of revisiting. There's some great songs uh, on this album. There's covers of Bo Diddley, Aretha Franklin, uh, Muddy Waters, Fleetwood Mac uh, even, and they even do uh, one uh, original uh, on there as well called The Grind. Um, so I would recommend checking out the You Gotta Move special. That was on a and I think you can find it uh, on streaming services. And uh, check out Honking On Bobo. It's a really good album, and hopefully you enjoyed You Gotta Move as much as John and I did because it's currently song 19, which means if we want to put it on the mixtape, we have to get rid of one. And John already alluded to it. I, I think that there's one that we are anxious to get rid of here. And John, do you want to kick things off?
1: Yeah, we are, we, we are kicking Jailbeat to the curb. Um, y- you know, most bands ha- or, you know, that go on as long as Aerosmith have some dark piece of their history. And we we've kind of alluded to not liking the song for various reasons, and Steven Tyler, um, earlier in his life, he was about twenty-five. He married. He, he got, somehow convinced a girl's parents um, to adopt her, and he she became his ward. And he uh, th- then he uh, got her pregnant. And um, you know, if you listen to his his story, he says that they they I think meaning the record company or the band or producers or whomever, the powers that be convinced him to push her to get an abortion. But anyway, you cut it, Steven Tyler got a 16-year-old girl who was under his care pregnant and um, then then forced her to have an abortion. And it's as sordid and nasty a story as they get. And um, it's a big reason why tonight um, we're kicking jailbait to the curb um, but we also wanted to use it as an opportunity to talk about this piece of history in the band.
0: That's right. And when we did the jailbait episode, we talked, basically, we just talked about the music. We didn't allude to this uh, situation uh, at the time. Cause we knew we were kind of address it here as we're kicking it off the mixtape. Uh, musically, there's reasons to, to, to kick it as well. Uh, but you know, this period of time uh, you know, can't be ignored and, and, and does need to be acknowledged. Uh, Steven Tyler um, in 1973, he was 25 years old, Julie Holcomb was 16, and he got guardianship over her, uh, telling her parents that uh, he needed guardianship uh, to enroll her in school. And then uh, so she was technically his ward and uh, his lover, uh, which is a, a pretty sordid affair leading to an abortion and uh, not a good situation uh, for all involved. Um, we're not the podcast really that usually uh, brings up such subject matters, but we thought it important to acknowledge it. And uh, and discuss it uh, as we're kicking jailbait to the curb here tonight.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's it's a it, it's a, it's a tough conversation to have. Um, you you know we're, we're often confronted with like, how do you su- separate the artist and the art? And you know, Stephen Tyler, you know, has done some better stuff as he's gotten older in life, but that doesn't take away that he has ruined. Um, this woman's life. Um, and it's, uh, you know, at, at some point, I, I think, I believe he gave her about $500,000 and it's, you know, m- money's money, but it, do- it, do- it doesn't change this. And, and he, and he has spoken to what it was like to see his unborn son aborted and how, how it affected him, but he hasn't talked enough about um, about her tragedy You know, Julia Holcomb, you know, has lived her life um, with with these memories and with these thoughts. And she was 16 when her parents signed her over to Steven Tyler. And, you know, talking about her parents would be an entirely other episode of this show because how how you do that and how you let that happen, I'll never be able to tell you. Um, But um, it's a very sad and dark piece of history, and JLB, to a degree, is representative of that, and with that, we're going to kick it off of our mixtape, and um, hopefully you look back at this episode and have a little bit better understanding that you can appreciate a band and the talents of a band and also recognize the history um, when members do the wrong thing.
0: And uh, you alluded to that $500,000, John. I just wanted to uh, uh, make, make it known that uh, Ju- Julie Holcomb uh, created a, uh, an awareness campaign, Silent No More, uh, an anti-abortion campaign. Um, she now? She's now seven years old. Uh, this is an uh, organization, and she has a facility in Memphis uh, for girls who have been neglected or abused. Uh, Tyler donated $500,000 through his foundation uh, called the Janies Fund, which, of course, is named after... Uh, Uh, The Safe Haven, Janie's House, was named after the Aerosmith song, Janie's Got a Gun, uh, which we covered on this show. So um, that was his, I guess, version of making amends. Uh, But like everything you mentioned, John, uh, for that reason and more, we're kicking jailbait, uh, which means, uh, jeez, I got to put another song on the dice. So uh, with that said, you know what? I'm I'm thinking we're going way back, Uh, maybe back to Aerosmith 1973. I know we got a, a track on there right now, Walking the Dog. Um, but I'm thinking we should maybe put another one on there. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking "Moving Out," which is the first song Joe Perry and Steven Tyler ever wrote together. And uh, my intro for the majority of these songs uh, this thus far has been "Good Morning Glory," "Hallelujah to You." That line comes from this song. So we're, we're taking "You Got to Move Off the Die," and we're putting on "Moving Out" from 1973's Aerosmith. <laughs>
1: I'm excited. I I was, um, considering an Aerosmith song as well off, off of their first album as a replacement. Um, but we'll hold off on that to see when when I shake the dice tonight, tonight folks, we're not going to do our typical outro, um, in honor of miss Julia Holcomb. We're going to, we're going to kind of go out silent. Um, and just thinking about victims of abuse and, uh, and have them in our thoughts.